Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Okay. The, uh, the, the Heart for the House uh, legacy offering is next Sunday. We're, we're going to take that up. Uh, it's a tax-deductible giving. Um, you know, if you get in before the 30th of June, you get a uh, tax deduction for this financial year. And, and, you know, we are looking to do the, the toilet block and uh, hope you see have agreed to put all the funds we collect towards that. We also have to do some work for a firewall and some different stuff as well. So there's other... But the money you give to the building fund can only be used in the building fund, okay? If you give it there, we can't use it for anything else. It can only be to build buildings. So we can't use it for missions. We can't give it, you know, there's nothing else we can give it to. It's got to be just that. So, uh, so we want to renovate the toilet block. If you've been in there, you probably agree with me. It needs a good reno. And, uh, um, and, uh, and basically, we will put all those funds towards that in this next season. So today is my last preach as senior pastor of Baylife Church. And um, so I got a little bit... Uh, reflective this week I guess and uh, and uh, you know we planted on the 17th of March 2002 which was actually St Patrick's Day which was such an interesting thing to me and uh, so I thought I'd start with an Irish joke just to uh, <laughs> uh, to, to lighten the, the uh, lighten the atmosphere here um, it's about Paddy and Seamus now Paddy had a black eye and Seamus says, how did you get the black eye? He said, well, you wouldn't believe it. I got it in church. And he, he, I said, I was sitting behind this quite large lady and we got up to sing the songs and her dress got in the crease of her backside. And so I just leant forward and pulled it out for her and she turned around and hit me. So, oh, okay. Anyway, next week, Seamus was... Uh, Surprised to see Paddy with another black eye. And uh, he said, you wouldn't believe I've got in church again. And uh, he began to explain. He said, you know, I, I found myself behind this same large lady this day. And, and we got up to sing the songs and, and the dress got creased in between her backside. And he said, my, my little nephew leant forward and pulled it out for her. And I said, she doesn't like it like that. And I pulled it back in. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so got to be careful in church got to be careful in church don't do that um, I'm going to share some stuff uh, we shared that first actually I think I might have shared that joke on the first morning of church so I think that loosened everyone right up at that point so they went oh who are these guys so uh, um, I'm going to share some stuff we, we shared uh, back on that first Sunday and, uh, and I had three thoughts that were sort of prophetic, I, I think. Um, uh, but uh, but this, is a, this is a statement that we came up even before we planted, before we even thought about planting. And it's a church that I see. And, uh, and I, I just don't know, it wasn't very accurate back then, of course, but, but I feel like it's got more accurate as the years have gone on. Um, I see a church that loves God, loves people, loves life. Gosh... I'm a bit emotional this morning. It's funny. His focus outwardly and genuinely nurtures, encourages children, youth, marriages, parents and families. His dynamic, living, growing, enthusiastic and powerful. 
Yet it's soft to the Holy Spirit leading in our lives. Is honest and relevant and authentic. Is committed to love, acceptance, forgiveness. Is full of life, success, grace, influence, abundance, faith, hope and potential. Is prayer based, asking God to build his kingdom. Is leadership focused, producing and releasing leaders. Is committed to mobilising believers to become disciples. See a church that follows Jesus' lead and grace every day of his life, in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that miraculously this church is something like that, that thing that we came up with 20 years ago. And it is miraculous, Lord, because we can't do that. Father, I thank you that your grace has been here every, every day, every season, that your love is here, your acceptance is here, your forgiveness is here. God, that this is a healthy church, a church that follows you every day of our lives. And God, we just want to honour you this morning. <laughs> There's very little of us in here, but very much a lot of you. And we can celebrate that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hmm. See, that's what I felt like God had put in my heart. Before we'd even really knew where we were going to plant, there was just a church in my heart. And, uh, and here's the thing. I don't think that'll ever change. Our mission statement will change in the next season. But I don't think that DNA imprint on this church will ever change. Um, and that's so interesting. You know, my wife uh, is going to give us just three things that she... Was it three? I think it was. That she... Could be a few more. So <laughs> do, you want, do you want to grab the mic from Lois? And uh, um, so... Whoop. Is that... Well, it's three categories. <laughs> three categories. So I'm going to sit down because this could be a while. So, uh. No, I'll, well, you know, we've been reflecting a lot and I thought I haven't done much preaching as of late because I've had my own journey. Um, but I thought, what are those things I really want to just impart and um, over the years what God has taught me? So if you've been here for a while, love God, love people, love life has been very much our philosophy of ministry, so I put them quickly into those categories, and this is just very personal. It's just me, but um, I just want to give God all the glory because when you put when you love God first, I think in pictures, and I think of a wheel, and I think if you put God at the centre of that wheel, and the spokes coming out is every part of your life. If you can just do that, wherever you are in life, whatever your family, work, whatever, wherever in life, if you've got God in the centre, you're going to be okay because that's just loving God, putting God first. And learning to abide in Jesus has been a big thing for me, just abiding, remaining with him, learning to rest in him and to be still. It's all out of the word of God. Be still and know that I'm God. It's just get to know God, learn to be still. And the power of his word has been really, really important for me, learning God's word. And you've got to carve out time for devotion in God. And it wasn't easy in the early days for me to sit still and learn to 
read the Word of God. But as you journey in that, it is so important. So please, please learn to stand on the Word of God. Get it into your heart and then learn to stand on it because then you can trust in God because you know his word and you know his promises. And when you love God, then, then you can love people well. And for me, discovering my unique self and who God created me to be and how I fit into God's family has been really important. And I want to say that to you. Think of a, a jigsaw puzzle, all the different pieces. That's how I see the church. Every one of us has a fit. And once you know that unique fit, there's a place for you in the family of God. And when that piece fits, it's amazing. It's quite miraculous. So don't try to be another piece of the puzzle. Be yourself. Discover who you are and do that really well. And then that helps you love others really well. And then you appreciate what they bring, They're what their puzzle piece is. And another thing for me has been, I think spirituality is very holistic and the emotional health is really, really important. You can be super spiritual and love God, which we all need to be. But if, emo if your emotional health is not good, I don't think you're as useful to God as he would like you to be. So get whole, people. Get healed. Get healed of the pain, of the hurt of your past. Don't live with it forever. The Holy Spirit is the one who will do all that work yeah. if you allow him. And then when you become that healed whole person, then you can love others really well. I think when we're unhealed and still dealing with stuff, we can't love as well as Jesus would want us to. So I think that's really important. And certainly for me, that's been a journey because um, he is our healer and he's our counsellor and he's there all the time. So there's really no excuse for us not to be on that journey of wholeness. And when we can love God and love people, then we can love life. We can embrace life. And life is a journey of transformation. You never want to stay the same, people. If you're the same now as you were five years ago, well, it's not a great thing. You need to be transforming into a journey where we look a little bit more like Jesus each year. We become more Christ-like in our character and who we are. And I've written here, life is to be enjoyed, not endured. Okay? Abundant life. Jesus came to give us abundance. So you've got to live in that abundance. And I think a key to that for me certainly has been the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to embrace life. You've got to grab hold of it. You've got to give it a go. And this has been a church where we've built it on just give it a go. It doesn't matter if you fail. And as, the, as you go on in the future of the church, just give it a go. God's just happy if you give it a go with joy in your heart and love for him and for people. And um, grab those opportunities. And don't live in fear. Don't pull back in fear. So many times in our journey, we could have just pulled back in fear, but we didn't. We just kept going forward. And um, I saw a, a quote from Oswald Chambers this week, and it said this, and I like this. Seeing is not believing. We interpret what we see in the light of what we believe. Mm. Okay, it's not what we see with our eyes, it's what we believe in our heart. And um, I reflect on when we first saw this property. We believed this was what God wanted when we saw this property. We saw it, it was a mess. It was run down and other people couldn't see it. But we weren't seeing with our eyes. We were seeing with our heart. We were seeing with our spirit. And that's what we have to do as Christians. We've got to see and live out of that um, place in our heart, not just with our eyes, live by faith. There you go. That wasn't too bad, was it? <laughs> just a little quips. <laughs>
Oh, you got neither. There you go. Um, I didn't really know what she was going to say this morning, so it sort of fits quite well with the message. Um, and I'm just about finished now, so... Uh, <laughs> Look, I'll try and fast-forward some of the stuff I had. Um, let me read you a couple of quotes here that I, I really like about choosing life, which is really what I've, we're talking about here this morning. Um, first one's from Hel- Helen Keller. Life is nothing if it's not a daring adventure. Now, it's just a nice quote until you know a little, about, little bit about Helen Keller. She was struck blind and deaf at the age of two years old. And she grew up to become a world-famous author and public speaker. Life is nothing if it's not a daring adventure. That's a statement, huh? That's a statement. Uh, this, this little quote, life is what happens to us while we're busy planning more important things. <laughs> Michael Landon. Now, some of you will know who Michael Landon is. He was actually a Christian, but he was actually an actor and a, a TV producer. House on the Prairie, anyone know House on the Prairie? Okay, this this will stretch some of you. Bonanza? (laughs) Anyway, he wrote this when he was dying of cancer. Somebody should tell us right at the start of our lives that we are dying. Then we might live life to the limit every minute of every day. Do it, I say. Whatever you do, do it now. There are only so many tomorrows. Wouldn't it be nice if I look forward to the end of our lives and see the wrong thinking that held us back from living abundant, full lives now. Wouldn't that be helpful? Well, here's someone who's getting towards the end of her life, and she's given us a, it's a longer quote. I think it's worth reading, though. Uh, her name is Nadine Stair, and she's 86 years old, and she wrote this looking back on her life. Just think about this. If I had my life over again, I'd dare to make more mistakes next time. I'd relax, I'd limber up. I'd be sillier than I've ever been this trip. I would take fewer things seriously. I'd take more chances. I'd take more trips. I'd climb more mountains and swim more rivers. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. I would perhaps have more actual troubles, but fewer imaginary ones. You see, I'm one of those people who are sensible and sane hour after hour, day after day. I've had my moments... If I had to do it over again, I'd have more of them. In fact, I'd try to have nothing else, just moments, one after another, instead of living so many years ahead of each day. I've been one of those persons who never does anything without a thermometer, a hot water bottle, raincoat and a parachute. (laughs) If I could do it over again, I'd travel lighter than I have. If I had my life to live over, I would start barefoot earlier in the spring and stay that way later in the fall. I'd go to more dances, I'd ride more merry-go-rounds, I'd pick more daisies. Love that thought. Love that thought. Um, Just want to share just three things that we shared prophetically uh, that first morning that that I sort of thought about but really didn't know I'd, I'd say them, about who we are as a church. This will be known as a place where people are made whole. This is a place of God's love, acceptance and forgiveness. This is a grace church. And I will unpack those in a second, a little bit. But there's this idea in amongst all that of life, to choose life. You know, because 
in this life. We don't get another go at this life. You know, like this is it on this earth. And, and it's, it's amazing and wonderful that we'll have eternal life with Jesus in heaven, with God in heaven. But there's, this is the only life we've got. Let's live it to the full, like, just like Jesus said. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you life to the full, abundant life. Let's live it that way. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Not containment, not captivity, not fear. Freedom. And, and it's no coincidence that we name this church Bay Life Church. And you might just think that's a catchy name. No. We've always had that in our heart to bring life to every situation we possibly can and to do church that way. And it's the, you know, part of our mission statement is to love God, love people, love life. Is that me? Anyway, let me choose the, the verse that comes from Choose Life is, is Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. And it basically says just choose life. Now, choose life. And Moses is nearing the end of his leadership of Israel. And uh, towards the end of his life, he's passing on the baton of leadership to Joshua before Israel entered in the promised land. And Moses is talking to the Israelites. And it's a great chapter. And I'd love to read it all, but obviously you can't. Um, but I just picked out these few verses from verse 19. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Um, you know, there's another one, life and prosperity uh, rather than death and, and destruction in a different verse there. Um, now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him for the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, Moses says here, I've set a choice before you, life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life. Choose life. And, and, and I pray that we choose life every day of our lives. You know, we, we choose God's blessings um, by following him, be closer to him. You know, and that... that those few verses unpack how and why we should we should choose life. See, it says in that verse, so that you and children may live. And we have a responsibility to choose life, not only for ourselves, but for our kids and for those that come after us and, and our spiritual children even, for those ones that are looking to us for spiritual direction in their lives. Because you don't know who's looking on at your life. I'm telling you, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's checking you out, working out how do I do life based on the way you're doing life. And, uh, and, and our, our job is to point people to Jesus. Because here's the thing, we'll stuff up, we'll make mistakes, we'll say something wrong or we won't say what we're supposed to say or we won't be there for them when they need us. And, and, and Jesus will be because we're only human, so if we can direct them towards Jesus, see, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Forsake you. He'll never let us down. He'll work all things to the good of those that love and according to his purpose. So you've got to love him and, and live your life according to his purpose, and he'll work all those things for good. You know, so, so, it's so that you and children may live, um, that you may love your, the Lord your God, and uh, we as Christians not only have to say we love God, just to demonstrate we love God 
How do we do that? You know, of course, we, we want to love God, but we love God by loving others. Yeah. You know, we love each other here in the church, but we love not just here, we love outside the walls of the church as well. We want to, we want to love people that are in our world, we want to show them God, Jesus in us by how we operate in our lives, how we display that. And, uh, you know, we've we got to have the, not just the practice of Christ, but the compassion and the power of Christ. So we can go through the motions of it. We can do church. We can do all the stuff of church. But if we haven't got that compassion and the power to, to reach this community the way that we, we, we need to be doing that. So God loves the, loved the world. He sent his only son to die for us. And likewise, we've got to be prepared to die to ourselves sometimes, to die to the world sometimes, because the world will dictate the way we live. And that's not life. That's captivity, you know? And we've got to outlove the work of God in our lives to those around us. How do we do that? We listen to his voice. We need to listen to his small, still voice to be able to choose life. See, the world and all its demands and its fears and its wants and its needs is such a loud voice every day of our lives. We have to listen to the small promptings of the Holy Spirit, the small, still voice and the leadings in our lives that will always produce life. We have to trust him. We have to listen to his voice. See, his sheep know his voice, and you know the voice of God in your life because you just recognize it, and, and, and then we obey him. We follow him. We, 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 we listen. We read his word. We meditate on his word. We, we let him speak to us you know, every day, and we hold fast to him. Do you really hold fast to God? It's a good question. You know, do you hold on to him like it's life and death? Um, do you cling to him? Do you hold so fast to God that it clearly demonstrates you choose him and are choosing that life because of that? Or is it more like, well, I choose him when it's convenient or I choose him when everything else falls apart, you know, and... Uh, or lets me down in life. And uh, I, you know, I only seek God when, when things are going tough. And, uh, but all, all the excuses, you know, how busy I am, or how tired I am, or how pressured I am. Or blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, well, isn't that more reason to hold fast to God? You know, because when we hold fast to Him, we choose life, not death. We choose blessings and not curses. See, Jesus tells us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not a burden. It, it, it's light to hold on to and hold fast to Jesus every day of our lives. And the verse goes on, because the Lord is your life. Life you. What does that mean? Because the Lord is your life. That's such a big thought. Just meditate on that for a while. The Lord is is your life. Could you confidently say that? Or is it more like, well, I tack the God stuff on to the end when I've got space. Is God, is the Lord, is your life? Like, I don't know if you get that, but the word says, seek first God's kingdom, kingdom of God. And in the context of the passage, um, He's saying, well, all these things will be given to you as well. Um, and what things is he talking about? He, he's just challenging them with, don't worry about life. Don't, don't worry about all those things. Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. 
Seek first the kingdom of God. And you know, this, the things that I've thought about this week, um, hmm. it's funny what you think about towards the end. Um, I wish I'd spent more time um, I don't know, just, just uh, helping us enter the presence of God. You know, so often um, we think we need to come up with the next clever message because, you know, you, you know that saying, um, you know, you're only as good as your last message. And, and there's a pressure, a week-to-week pressure in, in leading a church that uh, you want to engage people. You want to pe- keep... Like, I don't want you not to to take something away from today, you know, that God's dropped in your spirit or, or whatever. And so sometimes you put some pressure on yourself and you, you come up with some, try to come up with some clever messages that you think people want to hear. And, uh, and the truth is, if we've got the presence of God with us, in us. That's all we need. To, for every obstacle, every challenge, everything... And, uh, and, and some, and I'm going to finish with this, I think. Psalm 63 is one of my all-time favourite psalms. And, uh, and the, this is written, David's in the desert of Judah. He's just been betrayed by people closest to him. He's fleeing for his life. I'm going to read it from the Good News Translation. I've even put some chords to this, though. I might even grab that guitar. Because I want you to just... I don't want you to be impressed with me or what we've done. Like, truly, that's not my heart. It's what God's done. You know? And... uh, You know, the Psalms were meant to be sung, their songs, and, uh, and very much the, these were meant to be sung. And we don't do that, of course. Um, but the Hebrews would have done that. They would have sung these songs. And uh, so I'm going to stretch myself a little bit. You know, the first Sunday I was playing guitar and singing and, and, uh, and you know, and you read passages like Ephesians 5, it says, you know, still... Be, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves making music for the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ well that's what I want to do this morning so I want to bring the lights down just a little bit I'm going to grab that guitar and uh, you have to put up with my voice oh, I'll take the caper Does work. So bring the lights down, guys. I want you to close your eyes. It's a beautiful psalm. And uh, if I can play it on this guitar.
thank you that we can choose life by choosing you every day of our life. And God, we want our lives to represent you well. We want to choose life every day of our life so we can be more like you, to reach those in our world that don't know you, to be life givers in every situation, to bring light where there's darkness, to bring life where there's death, and destruction to bring your spirit into every situation, God. And here this morning, we just want to worship your name. We pray that in your precious name, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 